everyone. Welcome back to another episode of AT Talks. We're talking about returning to sports. This is going to be episode one. We have two episodes coming up, one later tonight and one tomorrow. We have people today. We got Brittany, Megan, and Jacqueline. If you could just quickly, doesn't matter what order you go in, introduce yourself and what setting you're in, I would appreciate it. Um, I'm Brittany Backoffin. I am the athletic trainer at Chaparral High School in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, my name is Megan Mormile, and I'm an athletic trainer um, currently in between positions, relocating to the Massachusetts and Northern Connecticut area this summer. I am Jacqueline Turtlelot. I'm the athletic trainer at Foxcroft Academy in Dover, Foxcroft, Maine. All right. Are any of you three currently performing athletic training duties? <gasps> no. No. <laughs> I would consider what we're doing, though, this has been an incredible opportunity to network and talk and do continuing education, and I feel like I've gotten to know this network so much more thoroughly in the past two months than I really had time for, and, you know, Brittany and I just started a new project where we just launched a new Twitter page um, as, like, a resource for a bunch of athletic trainers, so that's been a lot of fun, and yeah, I mean, we're still doing the, the thing. We're just not it's as not traditional as we normally would be. All right, so we'll be returning into the our traditional roles. Uh, here in Indiana, we're trying to start sports July 1st. Uh, so that would be relatively soon for me if opening the economy goes well. Is there any update in the states that you guys are located in? Um. Nevada just started their phase one of like reopening. So we've had restaurants reopening, salons, all that kind of good stuff. Um, at least the words that I've heard from, from our state association, we are still um, done for the year, but picking back up where we would have um, early, or I'm sorry, late July. I think it's like July 30th or July 31st for sports next year. For me, we're um, still kind of in a bit of a shutdown. We're going to try like the rural communities to be able to open up like the county that I work in. We've had one Corona case, but we can't go to a restaurant, masks and grocery stores, limited numbers of people. So for communities like ours, they're trying to have an op trying to slowly open up. We lost our entire spring sports season. We closed down before we even had pitchers and catchers. And for us, we don't start our fall season until I think it's August 17th. So we can't even have gatherings of 50 or more people till July 1st at the, right now at the earliest. So even doing off season practices, that's not really even you know, like any type of training until really July at the soonest. I don't know about Florida. I don't, Florida's just, <laughs> <laughs> no idea about that Massachusetts, uh, Connecticut area. Either. Florida. Um, yeah, so I guess I, the, the best I can say about Florida right now is same as Brittany. We're, um, we're in the phase one of reopening. So I think actually today we had like nail salons and barber shops. And over the weekend, I did see like some patio seating with restaurants and things like that. But with regard to school, they did make the official decision that we are done for the rest of the school year. Um, not that we had much longer to go anyway, but um, 
we have been hearing some rumors. I don't know if this is true about like ESPN worldwide of sports doing a kind of soft reopening um, around Memorial Day. That could obviously change. Um, but that's a big source of per diem work for a lot of athletic trainers um, in this area. And then I think as of right now, everything's kind of just like we're planning to do things as normal come fall. Um, of course, we'll be out of here by then, but. Yeah, so out here in um, Indiana, just to give you a quick history of what happened at, uh, for our schools, is that around March 13th, it was a Friday, a lot of schools were closing for March about 13, a Friday down the 13th. In history. Yeah. <laughs> for about one month and then they would reevaluate. And then around Thursday, April 2nd, uh, our high school association said, hey, there will not be any spring sports. And that's when they said, you know, school is going to remain out for the rest of the year, frankly, mm -hmm. um, sometime in June. But uh, if you look at the school, the really high up people in the state that make all the rules, that's June 30th, July 1st. They want to open up facilities, open up the schools and start practicing. But the world's a different world now. So what changes do you foresee um, Corona is going to force you into that you wouldn't have done before? I think, you know, first and foremost, it's going to be, it's going to directly affect our policies and our procedures. And that was actually something I was asked earlier today. Um, you know, what kind of strategic plans are we going to have to put in place to make sure and ensure the safety of our athletes and not only our athletes, but ourselves and the coaches and everything. Um, you know, these, these kids are coming back to school. Are they going to be doing temperature checks first thing in the morning when they go into school? And if they are, then is it worth it to do it again before sport? Um, you know, I think a lot of people are kind of, and I've seen a lot on like AT Twitter, a lot of people are kind of being proactive um, and attempting to make these policies already. Um, but it's hard because it's, it's uncharted territory and we just don't know. Um, you know, I think this is going to be a really important time that we rely on each other and just talk as much as we can because some people are going to have ideas that others don't and vice versa. Um, but I think that's first and foremost going to be a pretty big deal. And I think the economic impact is going to be tough as well. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jacqueline. Oh, I was just saying, I think for, you know, take it with the communicable disease piece of it is now when a kid's saying, I don't feel well, kind of thinking now, all right, instead of just a stomach ache or is it a cold, you know, we'll probably have to follow a bit more of a protocol. Like I, you know, yep. instead of just saying, well, let me know if it feels good. Now we're going to have to, you know, do we temp check everybody? Do we have to go through a little bit more of a thorough, you know, that's not really my wheelhouse. Usually I get to pump them up to the nurse or just say, mm -hmm. hey, tell your parents or call a parent. But so now is it, can I send that kid to practice? How is that going to change our policies dealing with, you know, just general illness? And then we mm -hmm. look at the cleanliness of washing gear, water bottles. Yeah. My set have 200 athletes and it's just me. All the watering, all coaches and the athletes take care of that. But now do I need to take more control over making sure everything gets washed and sanitized every night? Or do we expect the coaches and athletes to do that, which I don't think I'm really ready to give to expect them to do that and do a good job. Of it. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. 
Yeah, um, almost the exact same point I was going to make, Jacqueline, and I'm going to add to kind of both of what they're saying is that, you know, um, you know, temperature checks, you know, usually when you clean something like that, um, especially water bottles, especially when you're dealing with, you know, maybe 10, 15 teams at a time, um, most of us are required to, to document that sort of stuff. Okay, so now you're adding how many temperature check logs, you know, logging what you're cleaning, when you're cleaning it, what you're cleaning it with, um, and trying to uh, manage all of those things, I think is gonna uh, bring an interesting uh, spin to documentation and FERPA and HIPAA and okay, well, this person on our team was sick. Do I have to tell the rest of the team? Like, am I legally able to tell the rest of the team? You know, you know, I think that's going to start to play a huge role, especially because I saw HIPAA was trending on Twitter the other day, which I thought was very, very strange. Um, But you know, it it was spelled correctly. (laughs) H-I-P-A-A. But it was interesting because I guess, um, I guess Trump had, said that somebody was sick and I don't remember if he like named a name or anything oh, like that. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. You know what I mean? So then everybody was like, well, wait, did, did Trump just violate HIPAA like in a press conference? I, I didn't see oh, the whole gosh. thing, but it was, uh, it was very, very interesting. But I think that, that the privacy issue um, is, is going to start playing a big factor, especially with yep. temperature checks, uh, you know, at major uh, venues, you know, living in a place of casinos you know that's a big issue my sister um is close to disneyland you know so and i know that that's been a hot button issue and i think privacy is going to start playing a big role in 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 that sort of new world we're going to live in and not to mention just the a couple of the points you made just the simple time that it's going to take i mean like you said, with increased documentation and having to take the time to do all that, what are we going to be looking at as t- typically as professionals who already put in more hours than they're worth uh, or not worth? Um, what's <laughs> the, what paid. am I trying to say? Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? Gosh, we're worth a million, but yeah, um, yeah. 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 But it's <laughs> like, you know, are you taking someone who's now working like a 50 hour work week and now with all of this stuff, you're elevating that much more. And that's going to be really hard, especially for someone like you, Jacqueline, who's a solo AT at a high school. And, you know, that's really, yeah, I, mean, I look at it, if, you know, for our fall sports, we'll carry 180, 190 athletes, mm-hmm. school gets out at 250, practices start at three. Yeah. Well, if everyone needs to get temp checked and then I've got 15 injuries that I've got to get out to the field before three o'clock practice, yeah. it doesn't work that way. I don't, I, I'm lucky if I have one student that wants to do like an internship with me, but they're yeah. not with me every day, but then can I have them doing temp checks? Is that, is that allowed? Is, does that violate anything? And so it's really, and you know, one concern I have is just like, you know, are we going to create an undue hysteria as far as like, oh, well, yeah. a kid at an opposing school tested positive and everyone's like, oh my gosh, well now I have it. Right, and, right. Well, no, you, you don't, you weren't even on the field at the same time as them, but yeah. then, you know, then we've got that trickle down and then. But he could have come in contact just, with your teammate and yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a lot of the beef potatoes I wanted to jump into because I'm also a solo uh, high school athletic trainer. So Same. I'm going to show up in the school uh, now in PPEs, and we're going to allow one athlete into our athletic training room or our medical facility. Yeah, time. that's not going to happen. Um, so you know, what, what, like, what, about, what about our locker rooms? You have 60 kids mm-hmm. in their football stacked on top of each other, and you know they're not washing their clothes. And they're oh, God, good. No. So and you have, you have the issues with water bottles and the communal water jug and yeah. things like that. And then are you testing? Are you not testing? Like documentation is going to go up. Are you going to have business fans? You know, let those parents in, you know, and stuff. And it's like, oof, that's a lot. It is yeah. a lot. Especially, yeah, I mean, there. and I don't know about um, any of you guys, but I also teach. So it's not like, you know, if the school day, um, our school day ends at 2.05, um, you know, there's a lot of other athletic trainers in our area that um, can go in at 11 o'clock, you know, to the office you and can. get that documentation done that they normally would. Right. Yeah, but I'm, I'm teaching from 7.05 to 2.05. And I mean, I'm, I don't know about y'all, but after being at school from 6.30 in the morning and then, you know, let's say practice ends at 7.00. Um, I try and get my documentation done like in that 205 to seven o'clock range. Like people suggest like, Oh, you should just stay an extra hour and like get that documentation done. I'm like at seven o'clock, I am exhausted. Like I am hungry. I need to like, I need to de-stress myself, you know? Um, and I, and that's another thing that I think is gonna, is gonna start weighing on us as we get all these questions about, okay, you know, this san sanitation of things, um, you know, temperature checks, all that stuff. But, you know, that's going to add a lot of um, mental stress to to each one of us. And then, you know, a kid gets sick and then it gets spread to the football team. They're going to look directly at us and say, well, why didn't you do X, yeah. Y, and Z? You know, and that's, and that's got, that's frustrating for us when we have so many other things on our plate already. Yeah. And especially given, you know, the nature of this virus, right? It's like, okay, well, if you're going to, some people carry and are completely asymptomatic. Some people carry it for 10 days before they show symptoms. Like there is no way of really comprehending, okay, Sally, you can't come to practice today because, you know, it's just not possible. And yeah, I agree with you because we're the ones they're probably going to look at. You know, and then let's say, okay, you get one kid on your team who, you know, was, is positive and, you know, they've been practicing for the past seven days. They don't know when they got infected. So yeah. then do you tell your whole team to self-quarantine? Like, that's not realistic. Playoffs, yeah. You yeah. know, the week of, you know, you know, in the middle of your, um, your district season or, you know, when you're playing all your other teams in your conference, like I just, I mean, still expects to be a student within the school. So right. then they're in a classroom and then they're exposing 20 other kids four or five times a day. It's a lunchroom. So one proposal back in um, February, I guess February, March, it looked like our state might be able to do a season. And they talked about in, instead of playing our league games, playing in what they were calling geographical pods. So there's schools very close to us that we don't play because the enrollment is different. But then, you know, we might play them instead just because they're closer in their community. Um, exposure to the virus would be similar to ours. So we're not having a kids on a bus for a two-hour trip. We're having them on a 20-minute trip. 
So I don't know if other states, what their travel looks like, if that would be an opportunity, your competitive levels will be different, but you know, the kids can still play and maybe salvage something of a season. Uh, cleaning a bus, that just gave me nightmares. Yeah. How, hey, Tom, I don't want to hijack your thing. I just, can I ask a question? Go ahead, sure. Uh, because part, like when we talk about uh, sanitizing and cleaning, I'm very comfortable. We have a custodial staff. And so part of me is like, we, you know, when we're talking about locker rooms, I want to say, you know what, I'll help you with a policy, but you guys got to do that. I have my training facility. I'm supposed to be getting upgraded to a new room this summer, you know, but I've got my room, I've got my equipment, you know, I can't, I can't take on that, you know, the locker rooms. And, you know, are you guys comfortable saying I'll help you with policy, but someone else has to take this on and you've got to take care of cleaning? Uh, I'll be honest, if, if it's not in my medical facility, uh, I'm not going to clean it. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. I don't have the, the adequate time to do my job appropriately, let alone uh, this. <laughs> I agree. And, and, you know, I yeah. really hope that um, our, at least our school district personally takes another look at our custodians, like how they're set up and, you know, maybe looking mm -hmm. to hire more people because, you know, I am very good friends with our with people on our custodial staff and I have been for years and you know they you know they get exposed to all of those chemicals as well and you know that's it obviously just it takes a toll on the body and they not only deal with that but they you know they deal with fixing different things on campus and you know um they are spread very very thin um so ugh, it's I hope that they reinvest in their employees a little bit more because um i i wish i could do more to help our custodians like like tom said i don't have the time or or the energy um but i think they need some help um and i think this pandemic is is showing a little bit of that in in our in our school district so they're good people though. I love them. Yeah, so other, other things that come to my mind is that if we're gonna need more resources to be as safe as possible, that's gonna increase the amount of dollars we need. And uh, that's just not gonna happen in a lot of places. You know, we a lot of athletic trainers in the secondary setting barely have the budget to provide adequate care or what we yep. is adequate care. Now, you, several hundred dollars more, that could be someone's entire budget for a year. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think it's valid too, to consider that I'm not so sure on the public school front, but there's a number of private schools who are gonna have to put off their athletics programs for quite some time um, until they're able to either make that money back or raise what they need to start to implement it again. I, I have a friend of mine who lives in California um, who, you know, she probably a couple months ago got this right at the, at the beginning of 2020, got this amazing job at a private school and it was like everything she wanted. And she was, I want to say she's furloughed at the moment. Um, but, you know, she told me there's a real possibility that, you know, 
they're going to have to shut down their athletics programs due to budget cuts and things like that. And, you know, for athletic trainers who are solely hired um, for that purpose in the high schools who aren't affiliated with, you know, a big medical giant or anything like that, um, that's a big deal. And that's going to mean, you know, disaster for a lot of us. I hate to, I know, I feel like that was so depressing. I'm sorry. But like, it it needs to be talked about because it's a concern. Just like all these schools, there's a lot of schools out there where they don't hire a full time nurse. Right. Yeah. So, so like, I I rely on my nurse to to do everything I would do during the day because I'm not there. So, she has for this for me. And you're going to have institutions without a nurse mm-hmm. or you have institutions with athletic trainers that don't know who their nurse is and they don't talk to their nurse and then you're going to have institutions that have no gen med policy at all trying to create one yeah it's gonna it's gonna be ugly yeah yeah and i just i really i'm really hoping that it it turns into a a, a let's work together to be better and do what's best for the students, you know, or for our school community rather than, um, you know, like a dog fight with the nurse. Cause you know, you know that there are places like that. Um, yeah. And I just, oof. Well, and I guarantee on that note, this is going to turn into an issue where, you know, and I absolutely agree with what you're saying is, you know, we need to be able to come together as medical professionals, no matter what our degrees are, no matter what settings we are. Um, you know, I think we're probably going to see a lot of that where, you know, maybe some of these high schools are really, they don't have the money to allocate in the budget to be able to follow through on their athletic trainer contact. So the company that um, puts out the athletic trainer is going to say, hey, you know, can you make it up in the clinic a little bit? Um, and they could very well receive some pushback from PTs, OTs, and whatever. And, you know, I think the biggest thing to understand is that, you know, everybody's going through the same thing, right? Right. And we can't be isolating other medical professionals in the the name of us being able to have a job. So it's just hard, for sure. Um, Another thought that just popped in my head is that, a lot of our sports go simultaneously after school. Mm-hmm. That puts a lot of student, you know, like as Jacqueline said earlier, that could be 180, 200 kids. So now is administration, the athletic director and superintendent going to say, hey, uh, football, you know, two to four and soccer, four to six and tennis, six to eight, because that's going to spread out the numbers. And then that's going to also increase our hours. Yeah, I, I would say that the only thing about that is that they're on different, um, yeah. they're on different playing fields. Yeah, um, I think the only reason that they would do that would be to spread it out for us, so we wouldn't have as many, like as much traffic in our offices. But at least at my school, like I mean, if you know, if you got soccer on one field, that's totally far far away from tennis, which is far away from football, and I don't know, bowling's like in their own little world, so. <laughs> Yeah. Your school has a bowling team? Uh, yes, we do. Uh, our boys were state champs in 2015. Because <laughs> what, what I'm thinking is, is that my men's soccer team uses the south half of the soccer field and the women's soccer team uses the north half. 
and then you have cross country on the track and you have football doing whatever football does and then volleyball's indoors mm-hmm. you could easily say hey or maybe the state could say hey you can't have more than 100 kids at one time in athletics so you have to break it up like who knows if you can't be in a group people right now because that's social distancing right sure so maybe they say hey, you can only have 50 people there 100 people like i don't know i'm just thinking what if yeah it, the only the only thing i would say about that is that um that sounds fine for my school because like i mean we're bigger ish but we don't have as many athletes i don't think but those those bigger schools that have mm-hmm. a lot of money involved i think you get a lot of pushback from those and I don't know. I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist or anything, but things don't tend to work out like that when you get the big pushback from big schools like that. Just mm-hmm. I've learned that. In the- <laughs> yeah. well, you you also have those enormous high schools out there that have four, five, six hundred active. That's fair. A, you know, a mm-hmm. season. Yeah. So, like, what do they do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can't um, put thirty kids in your medical facility anymore in ten minutes. That's not going to Yeah. No, that does not work out very well. No. Well, we have <laughs> we seven be limiting how many people in your training room at a time. I mean, you almost have to at that what, point. What was the yeah. first part? What, are you limiting how many people will be oh, allowed abso- in your training room? Absolutely, I am. Because, yeah. um, I, I work in a concussion clinic, and we deal with insurances. And... Um, if one of your kids gets sick or your coaches get sick and you get sick and you go, Hey, that's because of my job setting and you do something like workers' compensation, that's that's gonna be a nightmare uh, to get compensated for that and to get your bills paid for and to be reimbursed. So yeah, I'm not gonna have the 10, 20, 30 kids in my room at once. It's yeah, gonna have to change it somehow. You know, it's appointments maybe like yeah. You know, one of the things we could potentially consider, and I don't know how it would work for you, Brittany, and Tom, I don't know, Jacqueline, I don't know what, what your daytime typically looks like, but, you know, getting to the to the room a little bit earlier and, and staggering appointments, contacting the kids, like, hey, come and see me during your free period, come and see me during your lunch. Um, uh you know, it's just that could potentially help to decrease traffic just a little bit, um, but obviously it doesn't. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's not a be just, all end all. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't work personally for me just teaching, um, but I mean, you, it's how many periods do you have? Uh, we have seven class periods, and uh-huh. I teach for five of them. Okay, so you have a planning and a lunch. Um, I have two planning periods cause I teach two separate classes. So gotcha. I have, okay. um, so this, so last year in years past, I've been teaching like regular honors physics mm-hmm. and then, um, AP physics. So those are two separate Dang. periods that I plan for. Yeah. Um, you a smarty. Then, I mean, <laughs> um, <laughs> but this year, uh, this year we're trying to open up a, a sports medicine career and technical education program. So I'll have four classes um, mm-hmm. of health science one, which is like the first step of it. Mm-hmm. And then I'll have one class of AP. Yeah, physics. that's what you were telling me about, right? Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm going to try and do too if I get this job. Yeah. So with that being said, um, I know we only have a few minutes left, but uh, another interesting thing I think 
that this whole thing is going to throw into the mix. You know, we were talking about temperature checks and then we're talking about, you know, the possible um, issue of exposure to the professionals. So how is that going to change for athletic training students? You know, I know that there's like various high school programs and they help out with water bottles and, you know, all that kind of good stuff. And then you have, you know, students at the university level, you know, legally are they going to be able to take on that responsibility of doing stuff like temperature checks like evaluating people who are sick you know you never know what the liability um you know insurance of the university is going to say in regards to that especially with any changes that come with covid um so that's i think going to be another interesting um aspect of it is going to be you know is is the university willing to take continue to take on that liability of risk of its, uh, of its students. Yeah. I, I think, you know, my main answer to that would be, they'll probably come out with a waiver of some sort. Right. And it's like, well, you're over 18, you're signing this and knowingly, you know, wanting to perform your hours. Um, but you know, obviously that won't work in a high school setting unless it's a parent garden signature. I was going to say that's almost going to have to become part of like their, their sports packet. Yeah. Like Like I authorize, you know, my child to be able to compete in sports due to during COVID-19. Yeah. Massive virus. Uh, It's just, uh, I I wonder how many households out there are going to say, yeah, I know you enjoy playing soccer. I know you. Yeah. Oh, but guess what? You're not, you're not doing it this year. That's a really, really good point, Tom. That's a really good point. 100%. That's like, it's, I think that's a reality for sure. You're probably going to see decreased numbers of participation because parents just aren't going to play that game. Yeah. yeah. And we'll see it. We'll see it more probably with, when we get into our indoor sports, especially with like wrestling. Yeah, wrestling is going to be a tough one for sure. And I, I think, you know, a lot of people have that mentality of like, oh, well, it's outside, so it's fine. Yeah. So I think like, you know, uh, football it's might out- be dicey just with how much contact, but like. The basketball, wrestling, there's a lot of contact. Uh-huh. You think maybe yep. if they're not diehard on the sport it's probably just to say like you know what it's not worth it's not worth yeah. the risk for that family and but. yeah but i could very easily see something like track cross country um uh I'm trying to think of what else the schedules are all locked up but you know things like that tennis non-contact um baseball softball baseball softball yeah i think those will have a pretty decent chance of we're about to get cut off i think <laughs> yeah. we, got, we got we got a whole minute and a half Oh, minutes. We got time. There's less than a minute on mine. (laughs) But I, but I will say that, um, kind of going along with that, we've had a lot of, uh, you know, after, um, 2008 and 9-11 here in Vegas, I know that the, um, just general student population took a big decrease. Um, Did they know, switch a lot to of, homeschooling? A, a lot of our families are from um, Mexico or like Central America. And so they, their parents just be like, you know what, we're, we're going to go back to Mexico. And, and we oh. saw a huge decrease in, um, in our population, um, just in the Vegas area in general and, and wow. in our students. So you know, then that goes back to affecting budgets and then that goes back to affecting mm-hmm. sports. So it'll be an interesting one. Yeah. Right? At the end of the day, there's going to be far more questions than answers. And there's just not going to be answers to a lot of those questions probably really ever 
uh, in the next three, four, five, six months. It's going to be a unique time. Any second, we will get kicked out of this Zoom. Thank you for coming on. And of course. Thanks for having us. I hope to see you Tuesday or Thursday in the Wolfpack. Um, yes. Yeah. We have, we have changed our, our all things AT meetings so we can yeah. pack it up. Oh, you're in that with Ashley too, huh? Okay. Yeah. Well, have a good day. Enjoy your Monday. Thanks for coming on. You as well. Have a good one.